Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you here. End of July, the 31st. It's a Monday, folks, and we have some calm music to get your ride home today before tonight's episode of The Bachelorette, which is a hometown episode. Charity is falling in love with four different men. We'll have that story and so much more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Let's go. Got a lot of sad news today on the Rush Hour. Paul Rubens has passed away, 70 years old. He was suffering from cancer. He played the iconic, internationally known character, Pee Wee Herman. We're going to share an interview of his, uh, what he had to say to his fans before passing away. And also Cardi B had a drink thrown at her. She threw a mic back and now she might be getting in trouble with the law for throwing a weapon, the microphone. They say, uh, what What do they say about uh, uh, speeches? What's what's the saying? Speech is louder than words. How does it go? The, the pen is mightier. The microphone is mightiest, apparently. You can't do that. We'll have that story. Plus, Lauren Lane, a.k.a. Lauren Bushnell, was on Sean Booth's podcast uh, in the booth, and they discussed some trauma they shared after being on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. That and more, Charity's trailer is out. She was also on an Atlanta radio show. We'll share a clip of that. Gosh, we're crushing it today. This and more all on this episode of Bachelor Rush Hour. Let's go. Okay, okay. Yesterday I spent the afternoon with Reality Steve and Courtney Robertson. Reality Steve was in town for his uh, high school reunion. Was it his, uh, I think it was his 75th high school, re- I'm kidding, Reality Steve. Uh, he was there for his 30th and um, met up with Courtney Robertson and her two kids and her husband. And we had a nice day at the beach. I got a lot of new tea to share with you. Not from that conversation so much, but if you want to hear my chat with Reality Steve, it's on his daily podcast right now. You can go check that out. All right, let's cut the music and get into our first story here. Uh, Let's start with the trailer. Let's get right to it. Here's a trailer for tonight's episode of The Bachelorette. It's a hometown week, folks. God help me. I really feel like I'm falling in love with you. I feel so good about where we are. I'm hoping to be engaged to this amazing woman. I'm ready for this movie to have a happy ending. I am falling in love with four people. I don't know what I'm going to do. Two people are going to be heartbreaking tonight, and I'm one of those people. It just doesn't make sense. Don't do this. Coming up on The Bachelorette tonight. That's again at 8 o'clock East Coast. They've changed it back to 8 o'clock. So we'll be live at 7 with our pre-show live stream. And then in a moment, I'm going to share what Lauren and Sean had to say. Lauren Bushnell and Sean Booth. So we'll get to that story right after a quick word from our sponsors. We have two sponsors today. The first is Microdose Gummies, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Microdosing can curb your anxiety and keep the creative mind feeling relaxed all day long. You guys know my schedule. We've made like six videos today. How I'm going to end the night after a long day of videos and diet cokes is going to be with a microdose and that's going to help me get a little sleep tonight. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com code RUSHHOUR. And also, we are sponsored today by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you. Bring more flavor to your table this fall with Green Chef's wholesome elevated recipes featuring seasonal organic produce and unique farm fresh ingredients. 
Green Chef has options for every lifestyle, keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean. And if you don't know, Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I've switched between Green Chef and HelloFresh. As you guys know, they've sponsored, they've both been sponsors here. And now our listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me right now. Go to greenchef.com slash rushhour50 and use code RUSHHOUR50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Isn't that wild? 50% off. Half your meal is off if you use the code RUSHHOUR50. All right, let's get into it. Lauren Bushnell and Sean Booth recall Bachelor producer evoking emotions through crying and music. We're probably going to have this as a featured story tomorrow, but this is in Us Weekly right now. Here's what Lauren had to say on Sean Booth's podcast, In the Booth. And we're sitting there like this, and he's like, what if he doesn't pick you or whatever? And I think he could tell that I was just kind of like shutting like off, like Mm -hmm. to protect myself, which I've realized is something that I do. So I wasn't really showing any emotion. And I think he wanted to like draw out emotion in me. And so like, he started to cry. Like he was like, did he ever do that to you? <laughs> yes. They'll start playing music yes. on their phone, like really sad songs. And you okay, haven't I heard a song in like eight <laughs> weeks. You're like, oh my God, that feels so good. See, I didn't hear a song. He just like started showing motion and like <laughs> yeah, started crying. But it was like. In- By the way, could you imagine that if they're like, here, want to see a video of a Marine returning home to his dog? And you're like, here, want to see a video of of uh, parents finding out they're about to be grandparents? It's always like one of those, want to watch a video where it's a, America's greatest home makeover? You know, those videos always make you cry. Want to see a kid audition on America's Got Talent? Yeah, okay. In that moment, I realized that like, it was like fake crying. Like he wasn't really crying. And then that whole, it like put me in this weird place where I was like, oh my gosh, like, where am I? And what am I doing? I had this like weird. All right. So there she is. Absolutely fantastic. Describing the producer manipulation. And if we go, I I didn't have this plan, but Bethany Frankel, we've discussed a ton about uh, what she's got going on with regards to um, her lawsuit that she might be filing. And again, I don't even know with who would it be against Bravo, uh, but she's gotten a power attorney, uh, Brian Friedman, uh, as her power attorney. And she's discussing all of the ways in which she thinks that reality TV stars are being manipulated. She posted this, the time for talk is over. This is the reality check, the reality reckoning. It's cool until it's not. Like many other movements and like the ocean, things feel calm until the big set of waves comes and you better be able to ride them or get out of the way. Things bubble underneath them surface. People in big business take advantage and pushes until someone has the courage to push back. And so the Variety article is titled Best Bethany Frankel enlists power attorneys Brian Friedman and Mark Garagos in fight for reality star protections. This is going to be war. So my question is, will will this be a class action lawsuit? And will there be people like Courtney Robertson, like others that have been villainized on The Bachelor? And will they be able to, I don't know, recoup some damages from having their characters destroyed on the show? Realization of they have an agenda mm-hmm. and it's not bad. He's just getting me, his agenda in itself is not bad. He just wants me to open up and show emotion. And I'm not doing that right now. I'm shutting off. 
and shut it off, she did. But again, you know, it can also be used in ways that can be super manipulative. Apparently, Courtney Robertson is going to have a Chad Johnson on her podcast. And, and, and I, I get she teased this on Reality Steve's show. But if you guys remember Chad Johnson, like, punched a wall or punched a door, he did something like that. And it was teased to be this vicious uh, moment of aggression. Well, she's going to share exactly why... He punched that wall. Maybe there was a mosquito that he was trying to kill. Like, who knows what actually went down. But very fascinating stuff. And in other news, we made, uh, but, man, we had four videos today on the on the YouTube channel. So many videos are just crushing it right now. One, t- and I'm not going to share any of them with you. This is all 100% content, new, brand new for the podcast. But one of the videos was uh, the breakup rumors. And we kind of pieced together the three different rumors. There's a rumor that Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik are no longer together because she didn't have a ring on her, but others are saying, well, she was at the beach. Who brings the ring to the beach? And then another story is that Danielle and Michael are no longer together. And the third story is that Greg Grippo and Victoria Larson are no longer together. So it's a very visually driven story as we compare different photos that might prove or disprove whether or not they're together. But I will say this, on today's episode of, on today's Patreon, behind the scenes episode, I tell you specifically which couple I know is no longer together. Again, don't share this publicly. It's information I am not allowed to share publicly, but I may have information that one of those three couples is broken up. If you want to listen to that, Go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Why do I make it uh, Patreon only? Because the information's not out there. So I'm only showing it with my membership only community for as little as $5 a month. You can be in on all the tea that we can't air publicly. Patreon.com slash Dave Neal. So we've got another story that's going to be making the news this week. And that is Michael A. is apparently going to be discussing what the hell went down on his season of Paradise and responding to Sierra Jackson. This is going to be a big story. Trust me, folks, when I say that. So we've got the whole detail on the YouTube channel, but as you know, I've been known to jabber jaw and turn a three-minute story into a 12-minute. It's really a, uh, it's really an art at this point. How can I make something so short last so long? Well, that's the fantasy suite question, isn't it, folks? So here's what Michael had to say. Bachelor Dirt on Instagram posted, Michael A., you dirty dog, and shared what Sierra was saying, which was that Michael A., kept Sierra along, waiting for Danielle to arrive, and said they were dating before Paradise. Sierra also said that he was talking to Jasenia and had set up all these other conversations before the show. Well, Michael's response on this Instagram story said lies, dot, 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 and I'll prove it this week. And then others commented from there, and it kind of spiraled into something else. Someone said, we're all waiting. And someone else said, isn't it crazy? You know, people were saying, that's just crazy that they're all still talking about this. But again, it begs the question, like, at what point do you stop someone from sharing information that you know is not true? Michael then responded, and uh, someone had said this, you have nothing to prove to these people. I think Sierra needs to get over you and move on with her life. Even if you did what she's claiming, it was paradise. It's all a bunch of people dating everyone and waiting for the next best thing. It's known like you dated her for a year and then broke up with her to be with Danielle. Or it's not like you dated her for a year. She's getting pretty tiring, to be honest. Michael's response was, I agree and can't believe she's still talking about this. At this point, I'm excited to see what she comes up with 
next. So we are waiting with bated breath. Will Michael go on the She's All Batch podcast? Which, by the way, you guys know this. Jackie and Stephanie from She's All Batch, we love them. The work that they're doing as a micro podcast. No, I'm just kidding. They were called a micro podcast on by Nick Vial, but as a podcast that's independent and not producer verified, and they don't get the screeners in advance. They don't get all the preferred interviews like some podcasts do. You know, because people are under contract. They have to kind of grit and ball their way to the finish line, and they're doing a fantastic job unearthing these stories. True detective work uh, over there at She's All Batch. So very excited to hear how, how that all goes down. I should also mention I was defending She's All Batch when I was on Reality Steve's podcast yesterday uh, with Courtney Robertson uh, because Courtney had brought up Nick, or maybe Reality Steve brought up Nick, and people think we're all obsessed with Nick. But the idea was that it's just about giving credit where it's due. And Nick, as one of the top podcasts like Caitlin Bristow, has a duty, I believe, to give credit to the other content creators that help this ecosystem survive. Like, could Nick ju- be, just exist uh, with his podcast alone? Yeah, sure. Every one of every podcast that's out there is doing their own thing. But when you're a podcast that's kind of gotten your verification, both physically and also metaphorically from the producers by being a former cast member, you kind of get a boost. You're the big dog. Well, all the, all those uh, other podcasts that are out there, the she's all batch, the Morgan P talks, the independent ones, game of roses. Like there's a, a certain amount of work that has to be done as no name podcast to make a you know name for ourselves. And I just think it would be respectful if reality Steve, um, excuse me, if Nick's going to be commenting about certain podcasts, like she's all batch, which he has in the past, rather than call them a micro podcast, Call them by their name and give them credit because they've begun to make a living off of talking about a show without being gifted a million followers by being, you know, on the show. That's my that's my thought on that. And I don't think that's me being bitter or whatever. I don't need a shout out from Nick. Like I'm perfectly fine and successful and happy doing my own thing. But some of these other podcasts, it's about elevating your peers and not seeing them necessarily as competition. And that's going to do it for our Bachelor content. Coming right after the break, we've got Paul Rubens. It's a very sad but fascinating story. And Cardi B will have those stories for you right after a quick word from our sponsor. We are back. And I forgot that I had one quick Charity Lawson clip I wanted to share with you. Here she is on the V103 Atlanta radio station talking about the different choices she has to make as the Bachelorette. And is dating easier as the Bachelorette or when you were not on the show? Here's what she had to say. Okay. Yeah. So what do you say to people that ask you, like, why would you ever even sign up for something like this? Or is the dating game really that bad where you would have to get on TV and actually do this? Yeah. Well, both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for one, I did not sign up. I was actually nominated by my best friend. So, like, I would have never, like, put myself out there like this. Wow. So. Okay. The way, like, I just kind of came into all this and the timing of everything, I was like, okay, this must be, like, for me or it must be, okay. like, a sign that I need to, like, just, you know, challenge myself. And so I was like, let's go for it. Who knows? Um, and then, obviously, last season didn't end as I wanted it to. And so I got the opportunity to be Bachelorette. And I was like, yeah, you know, with dating in the real world, it is not any easier. If anything, it's probably worse. So I was like, let's just... Wait, let's which try. is worse, the TV or the real world? Real world, please. Really? Yes. Yeah. Let's be for real. Why? Wait, tell me, tell me why. Let's be for real. That's why. <laughs> tell me why. why? He knows. What? He's single himself <laughs> for this reason. Hush. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just like in the real world, you have like... I mean, on the show, too... 
you have to like kind of decipher like people's intentions. But I think it's like with a lot of them, they're kind of also thrusted in the same like environment of like, oh, I got nominated by my friend. Let's like take a leap of faith. And they're okay. also kind of in the same boat. But like in the real world, you're out here playing. I don't want to say playing games, but it's like you're really just like it's a bargain. It's like, oh, if I go on a date with someone like who who knows if they're going to be like serious with me. And it's yep. like this this rotation that you're constantly going through and. We don't have time for that. Absolutely. Cheer. I would think that they bet it. They bet them for you, too. Exactly. Like before they come on. Right. Like all right. So Charity does not have time for all of that uh, other dating world. She's like, vet these contestants and let me choose. And tonight she will on her top four hometowns. All right. So TMZ reported this. Paul Rubens, dead at 70 from cancer, wrote apology to his fans. The comedic actor best known for playing Pee Wee Herman is dead after a private battle with cancer. Paul died Sunday night, according to a statement posted Monday on his Instagram account, a statement that revealed for the first time the medical crisis with which he'd been dealing. Paul bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his trademark tenacity and wit. Last night, we said farewell to Paul Rubens, an iconic American actor, comedian, writer, and producer whose beloved character, Pee Wee Herman, delighted generations of children and adults with his positivity, whimsy, and belief in the importance of kindness. Paul bravely and privately fought the cancer for years. A gifted and prolific talent, he will forever live in the comedy pantheon and in our hearts as a treasured friend and man of remarkable character and generosity of spirit. He had brain tumor six years ago, but doctors were able to serve surgically remove it and it was considered a successful procedure it's unclear what kind of cancer he'd been diagnosed with most recently so yeah he's been known and is forever remembered for his peewee herman character which paul created in 1978 during his improv exercise with the groundlings paul worked with another comedy legend the late phil hartman to develop the character so yeah Pee Wee Herman, if, I don't know if you're, some people might be too young to remember this, but he, it was an iconic character. And of course he had some troubling times. He was essentially blacklisted from Hollywood for a while. Uh, we'll get to that ver- part of the story in a second, plus an interview about how he actually sort of, um, uh, developed the character. Rubens decided to take a sabbatical from Pee Wee Herman after its initial success. And in July of 1991, Rubens was arrested for indecent exposure in an adult theater in Sarasota, Florida. The arrest set off a chain reaction of national media attention that changed the general public's view of Rubens and Pee Wee. The arrest postponed Rubens' involvement in major projects until 1999, when he appeared in several big-budget projects, including Mystery Men and Blow. He then started giving interviews as himself rather than Pee Wee. After 2006, he made cameos and appearances in Numerous projects such as Reno 911, 30 Rock, Pushing Daisies, Life During Wartime, The Blacklist, Accidental Love, and Mosaic. So he really did have a big redemption story. He for sure uh, dealt with the fallout of that very embarrassing story. But, you know, a lot of people didn't I mean it, I'm not saying you should you should do this in an adult movie theater, but the the circumstances around it for sure did not warrant, you know, someone being canceled for a decade or this or that. Again, that that's whatever, you know, people can have whatever opinion they want on it. But, you know, really what he did after that was sh- share a lot of his kindness, you know. And um, uh, here's a quick clip here of an interview he did where he discussed sort of the, the character that he created. 
And a, a lot of people don't know what the Groundlings is. It's a character-based improv uh, school. I actually took a class there a few years ago. You know, Phoebe uh, from, uh, you know, Phoebe, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lisa Kudrow from Friends actually was a teacher there. And just about anyone who is someone in comedy came through the Groundlings program. What do you remember from, from your <laughs> first time going out on stage and the first kind of um, incarnation of, of, of the character? Uh, well, I want to point out that I was only five when I started. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm still very young. I'm so bad with uh, punchlines or joke setup. I, I, I can either remember the setup or the punchline. I don't usually remember both. Um, so I decided I would be the comic that you could look at immediately and tell they're terrible. They would never make it ever. And so that's what Pee Wee Herman was, kind of like a hack comedian. Like that was the character he was playing, which is really brilliant. It's kind of like Dan Whitney, who you might know as Larry the Cable Guy. When he comes on stage and does a hooey, get her done. That's not, he's not an idiot. He's playing an idiot, which again is a real brilliant way to share your art. So as, as, as sort of simplistic as Pee Wee Herman was as a character, the artist behind it was actually very, very smart. And um, that's how it started. How kind of fully realized was that Pee Wee character? And, and when did some of the other more familiar aspects of that character come about? The, the suit and, and then the tie? I think, you know, almost all the character came out that night, really. really? I had the suit. Uh, I had a little tiny kid black bow tie. Um, I found a red one maybe a week after that and incorporated that. But the voice was a voice that I had used in a, in a repertory play from many mm -hmm. years before that. Um, some of the behavior was based on a couple kids I knew when I was growing up, and obviously some of it was me. Um, when I look back at that original HBO special, I, I, I'm struck always with how sweet Pee Wee is, because he was never that sweet again. Like, uh, <laughs> he, he got snarkier and snarkier, and, um, and most people that I uh, work with uh, particularly people I write with have always said like that they their favorite thing is Pee-wee angry or Pee-wee pissed off or um, Snarky Pee-wee, so you know, they call it like uh, clowning around but he really was doing just that um, On a technical standpoint as a comedic actor clowning around playing a child uh, and a man child really and people took great joy in that character so to Pee-wee Herman aka Paul Rubens uh, may you rest in peace. And in our final story today, we're going to get to Cardi B. And as she is in a little bit of trouble, hot water, uh, we'll get to her story right after a quick word from our sponsor. Okay, our final story of the day. Cardi B is suspected for battery after mic toss in Vegas. Cardi B might not get away scot-free with that microphone toss in Las Vegas. She's now listed as a suspect in a battery TMZ has learned. It's a fascinating story that's going on out there. So she's singing her song, Vegas is hot, pour some water on me, and then encouraged crowd before the drink toss. There's evidence Cardi B should have anticipated a fan tossing liquid on her in Las Vegas because she actually asked the crowd to douse her with water and cool her off. Additional scenes from inside Cardi's beach club performance from her Saturday show demanding the crowd to throw water on her is between songs because she was dying from the triple digit desert temps. It got up to 105 degrees that day. The problem is, is that the person didn't just throw water at her they threw a cup of ice at her and you know she immediately takes her microphone and chucks it 
at the audience member, there's a TikTok video of the incident. Let's actually listen to the TikTok video here. And I'm the one who gets smoked by the microphone, but didn't throw the drink. All right, now it's thrown at her. And then you can kind of hear the moment the microphone hits this person and their comments said, I'm bruised and sore. Finally, the POV I was looking for. And then someone in the back, I think the person who threw the water yells, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't know if you can hear it, but the person goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So the person, first of all, you shouldn't throw anything at a performer. Even if they're asking for it, it's like, I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, keep your drinking. And by the way, aren't these drinks expensive? So the, so the excuse was people are saying, well, clearly Cardi was asking for water to be thrown at her. And then people were saying it's hard to tell what was in the cup that was thrown. But Cardi B goes completely ballistic. And the person that was hit with the microphone who wasn't Cardi B. So that person did not. Yeah. If you're going to throw the mic at the person who threw something at you, I think you have to hit them. You know, you can't miss and hit somebody else. One fan is claiming Cardi clocked her with the mic, despite not being the one who threw the drink, which could prove to be a slippery situation down the line. Uh, My guess is there'll be a nice little settlement to make this quiet. Pay them 50 grand. They'll get a little bruise of a microphone. Now, if there's any better video footage of someone really getting hurt, by the microphone, you could have, I guess there could be some liability there. I mean, but either way, a weird story. Don't throw anything on the, at the performers and the performers don't throw anything back unless you're going to hit the person who threw something at you first. It's almost like if someone punched you, you're like allowed to punch them back because you didn't start it. Right. It's like self-defense in a weird way. Right. I don't know the rules. I'm not a lawyer, but if you're going to, if someone punches you and you swing and then hit somebody else, you're now liable for the punch that you threw. And apparently uh, Cardi B did not throw a strike when she returned fire with the microphone there. All right, a lot of weird news out there, and it's only Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you so much to everyone who's rated, reviewed, and watched the Andrew Spencer interview on the Dave Neal Show on YouTube or checked it out here. I appreciate all the love you're giving to the community. You're really helping us continue to grow this podcast. So thanks a million for that. I'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget tonight's live streams on the YouTube channel. I've been Dave Neal, and this was Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.